Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Always Choose Orange. This week I got to talk with Gina Arico, who's an artist based out of Seattle, Washington. Gina does a lot of oil painting, um, a lot of watercolor of these beautiful floral arrangements. Um, she also does these really cool watercolor and ink uh, book stack paintings. Um, but she does a, a variety of things and um, her paintings often have a nostalgic tint to them. Um, they kind of deal with search for belonging, things like that. Go check out her work on uh, on Instagram uh, before you listen to the conversation. But we had a really good, really good time. Uh, it was our first time catching up in a while. We met actually um, in high school in um, our intermediate art class. Um, so we met, hit it off. She introduced me to a lot of really cool stuff like Pink Floyd's The Wall, um, really got me uh, into the Beatles for the first time and yeah and we did track and field together and, and hung out quite a bit back then and um, this was our first time reconnecting in a while but it's really cool to see all the stuff she's always been an incredible artist but it's amazing to see what she's accomplished the last couple years um, we just had a really good conversation about her childhood trips to Japan and how those influenced her trajectory as an artist because she was super inspired by her grandma and grandpa who are both uh, working artists in Japan Gina also talked about what it took for her to commit to her art full-time, what that process was like, um, and then just a lot of cool technique stuff, and it was a conversation that, you know, a lot of aspects of it actually hit me pretty hard because she talks about what it was like to lose her grandma and grandpa, and I just recently lost uh, my grandpa, who was, uh, was 93, and he, he just passed away a couple weeks ago, so I really felt a lot of uh, the things that she was sharing, so... There's a lot of really good stuff in this conversation. Grateful we got to have it, and I hope you enjoy it too. But yeah, so the first question that I was curious about was, like, you've been doing art, obviously, since I met you, which was, I think we were 16 or 17. And I was curious about what your what your journey throughout your life in art was like when you were first exposed to it. What what you how you experienced and interacted with it as a kid, and then like how you ended up to what you're doing now. Yeah, um, totally happy to dive into that question. But <laughs> when you were saying that, it just made me think because you're like, I think 16, 17. I think we were 15 and 16 because I remember when we were first friends. I don't think I had my license yet. So you always had to come and pick me up <laughs> or like to, like give me rides. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. Um, yeah, I, think right. I think you're totally right. I think I was a junior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, it's crazy. You've been, friendship goes way back. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I basically, I always loved um, art. I was going to say like, by the time I was in high school, English and art for sure, like storytelling and art. Um, but basically my, so my mom's an immigrant from Japan. That was like a big part of my early childhood was having, being, and cause my mom was a stay at home mom too. And my dad traveled a lot for work. So I was really like my home life and my early childhood life was very much had this like, um, they call it like third culture kid, like a child of an immigrant. Um, and then I feel 
now that I'm an adult, I feel like so appreciative that growing up, um, my mom and I mean, really both my parents really prioritized, um, like maintaining that connection with my mom's family. And so every other summer, my mom would take like me and my sister back to Japan and we'd spend basically as long as we could when we were younger, it would be longer chunks of time. Um, but at least a couple weeks. Um, and we'd be like back in my grandparents' house and around my mom's side of the family and be exposed to like Japan. And yeah, um, that was something like my, my parents really prioritized for me and my sister. Um, and reason why I'm bringing all this up is because both of my mom's parents were working artists. Like that was their profession. Um, and so, and again, this is like in the nineties, like we didn't have tablets, we didn't have internet, you know, like, so we would just spend like weeks at a time at my grandparents' house, which is kind of in like a suburban area. There's not really like a whole lot to do. We'd just be like sitting in my grandparents' house. Um, and they were both artists and their house was really oriented around that. And so like when you walked in downstairs, there's like a kitchen and bedroom kind of off to the side. And then this big open room that took up the majority of the downstairs that was turned into a studio and they would teach art classes out of there. They'd have like students come over. Um, and then also they would work out of there. And that studio was lined with bookshelves full of like, Picasso, Van Gogh, like famous, you know, famous artists and a lot of like traditional like Japanese artists too. And then, um, and then shelves just full of like tchotchkes and like still life objects and like fabric flowers, um, you know, so they could have flowers and vases that would like artificial so that you could, you could just use them anytime. And like, yeah, little, little dolls and figurines and all, all kinds of stuff that they would use um, to set up for like still life practice. Um, and then the upstairs of their house, again, had two like tiny bedrooms kind of off to the side. That was like my mom and her brother's room. This was the house my mom grew up in too. So every time we would go back, it would be like, like I would, we would go back and usually my mom would sleep in her childhood bedroom and me and my sister would sleep in like her older brother's childhood bedroom. Um, and then again, the upstairs, like the majority of the upstairs was converted into this giant studio space and that was mostly where like my jichan and bachan my grandpa and grandma that would be their like working studio and so they always had like easels and um like multiple paintings going on and um it was kind of like a cluttered but in a you know in an artist way like they knew where everything was but it was just basically like the house was set up to be used to like create art um, and so, yeah, like most of my memories at that time was like, what are we going to do today? Like, <laughs> we're going to like paint and draw. Um, and then something that I've reflected on also that I think was like really impressionable for me was that I had a big language barrier. Like my grandparents didn't speak English. My Japanese language skills have gone like up and down over the years, but I've never really felt confident with it. Like even at my best, I'm like have pretty minimal like conversational Japanese and, and we only really get to see them 
maybe once a year, usually once every other year. Um, and so I felt a lot of like insecurity about like being Japanese enough or like fitting in with that side of my family. Um, and I think showing like an aptitude for art, especially earlier on, because obviously it's something they both loved. And then like, like just being able to like paint something and like show it to them. Or I would, even though like we had language barriers, like I had memories of like um, them showing me lessons of how to paint or draw something and, you know, just kind of like falling by example, or they would like show me on my page or whatever, and um, basically give me art lessons. And that was something we could do that, um, like we could bond over that didn't need a whole lot of conversation. Um, and yeah, made me feel like, oh yeah, like I fit in with this family. Um, and I'll also say like, so they were both impressionists. Um, my Jichan, my grandpa did more like still lifestyle and kind of more, if you think like the Monet, the haystacks and water lilies, like it was kind of more like like in that camp. Um, my Bachan, if you know Marc Chagall, he's a French painter. Um, he does stuff that's kind of more like fantastical, dreamscapey. Um, and so it's more like bright colors and there's like, um, people flying in the sky like it, it's just kind of like a collage like painting um he's he's very famous for painting the ceiling of the Paris Opera House which I um, advise anyone who's like listening or you later to look it up because that's like that'll give you a, a good idea of his style and also like the kind of style my Bachan likes to do um uh, but again and the reason why I bring that up is because I have memories of being like a little kid like I don't know elementary age and seeing their paintings um and just thinking it was so cool and like this is so cool and like I want to learn how to do this and I would just spend so much time looking at their art and particularly with the kind of style they did is this very thick textured um like oil painting like oil on canvas is what what mostly what they did um and being really fascinated with how I could like stand back. Like, so I would take several steps back and look and I could be like, um, this is a road and here's the, here's the houses and here's the trees. And like, I could see what the scene was and then be like, I'll try to like decode, like how to do this. And I could walk up really close to the canvas and get like right in front of it and see like, oh, well, like, you know, here's a blotch of green over a blotch of yellow and a blotch of blue. And um, I think something about the style of the artwork too made it feel, especially for a kid, like this is doable. <laughs> like technique wise, it's not like it was super like, like photorealistic or like Renaissance style painting. Um, there was something about it that I think, especially for a kid's mind, that's like getting up close, be like, I could do this. I could put like, like splatters of like colors together. It's just a matter of like figuring out like how to do it and then step back and then see like the picture again. And so I think, um, yeah, that was also something like that just like really, really fascinated me. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I just thought it was really cool. I wanted to learn how to do it and be like, I, I want to figure out how to do this and be like Ji Chan and Ba Chan.
I love that. I love that so much. And so did did it carry on too? Like when you came home from Japan and were like back in the US, like did you have did you ask your parents for paints and stuff and get into it at home? Or was it one of those things where because that space brought it out of you, did it click later? It definitely carried over, yeah. Like um at home too. And it yeah, I'm again appreciative. Like my parents were always supportive of that. And um yeah, like as a kid, I was a big reader. It was like just read a ton and then yeah, would mostly draw at home. Um but yeah, well it was always like making art or reading books. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That sounds familiar to my childhood also. <laughs> That's great. So did, do you feel like, and this is a question I love to ask people who do any kind of art, and I always think of for myself, like, did you find that the education you had around art, so like, for example, I know we took, you know, classes in high school together for art, and then if, did, did you end up taking stuff in college too? Yeah, I did. Um, so I I went to Santa Clara University. I was a English and studio art major, art history minor. So yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. My goal when I went to to college was to was to major in English lit and then minor in studio art. And my school did not have a minor in studio art. So and for some reason in my head, I didn't want to major in it. And so I ended up not being able to take any art classes in college. And that was like a huge bummer. I, again, I don't know. Now I would have just like figured out a way to do it. But yeah. back then, I I did not think of a way. But yeah, yeah. no, I get that. And like also, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know I kind of cut you off there too. But like, I think it is a, I mean, I was both like I, I major, I double majored. It wasn't, it was an option at my school. Um, but I think if I had to choose one, I would have been an English major. Um, I think it's, it's, um, it's difficult to say you want to be an artist. It's difficult to like, um, I e even at college, I, I was in both departments. And a lot of times if I was making small talk with someone, other students. Oh, also Santa Clara is a private university in Silicon Valley. Like it's known for its like computer science and business programs. Like it's not, I didn't go to like an, like I chose that path, but like I was not in like an artsy school. <laughs> and so yeah. like even to a lot of other students, um, like my peers, a lot of times I would just say I'm an English major, unless it's someone I already knew or liked or something, because let alone to like my parents friends or like other adults or something where like I feel like especially when you're that like when you're a teenager or in like a college age all people are always like what are you gonna do like what you know and it's just like uh it's like the um so anxiety inducing um but a lot of the times I would just sidestep the art even though I was like doing both simultaneously because I didn't want to deal with the, why are you studying that? What are you going to do with that? Um, so like, I get it. <laughs> totally. And and it's funny 
it's funny because I had that experience with English even because my my degree ended I ended up switching it from lit to creative writing and so I I would feel self-conscious saying that to people because people would always ask that too what are you gonna what are you gonna do after school oh work in publishing be an editor yeah no but um, (laughs) did you find the the classes valuable um for like what you're doing now and like your paintings and all that stuff or was it more beneficial because of exposure because I've heard you know both sides of that right so with me in English um I found my English classes valuable more so because it exposed me to really cool people helped me network and it helped me be exposed to really good literature but I did not learn how to write at all in college in my program yeah um let's see I mean, I really value how much my technique developed over those years. Um, And in particular, I had a couple painting specific professors. Um, And so like, again, because I didn't go to like an arts school, like the studio art major was kind of broad um, and you could kind of choose your focus under that. And so I... I just took a million painting classes specifically, which meant I had like, there's only so many, right. Um, there's like, like photography, drawing, graphic arts, painting, sculpture. Like there's like a handful of professors and like class options. And since I just kept taking painting classes, I had the same like one or two professors over and over again. Okay. Which who I really liked them. That's good. Um, and I think that helped, um, having critique um, and like being kind of pushed to develop my skills technically, um, especially with oil painting, because it's, it's a tricky medium to like, to self-teach. And so like, I'm glad I didn't have to, (laughs) I have to like self-teach myself in particular oil painting. And like, I've since, Like watercolor, for example, is something that I I didn't really do any while I was like in college. It's something I kind of picked up after school on my own. And I've kind of like self-taught myself watercolor painting techniques. Um, And that's like, first of all, it's a lot cheaper of a medium. (laughs) It's like, it's more cost effective, you know, like it's just easier to like, um, and not to downgrade, like there, there's like really amazing stuff you can do with watercolor and there's artists that do amazing stuff just with watercolor, but like, um, it would have been a whole other thing and like cost prohibitive, especially for, you know, if I was like 23 and stuff. So like, um, yeah. Um, and having also having like a built-in peer group, like just like obviously learning from my professors too, but also like, um, The art painting, the painting classes also, at least oil painting, were blocked for like longer blocks. I was on the quarter system, but those classes were like, were like double blocked. So they were like two or sometimes even three hours at a time. Okay. Um, And so just being around other students, like painting students and like having these like long chunks of time and seeing like what they're working on and them seeing what I, you know, asking me like, how are you doing that? And vice versa. Um. And that was something that I, I know this is, I'm kind of like talking all over the place, but like when, when I left, like when I graduated college, um, and I'm sure we'll get more into this also, but like 
I graduated college not thinking I was going to be an artist. Um, and kind of like I said, that's why I double majored and why I like did took other internships and did other stuff because it it didn't seem like a like a thing I could say I wanted to do. Um, I felt like I could have said like I'm going to be a rock star after college. <laughs> it's like what it just doesn't mean anything. It's like a like crazy crazy like unrealistic dream thing to say. Um, and I also kind of felt like well I can um, I knew I loved doing it. And I knew I loved making art more than I loved doing anything else. But I also kind of thought like, I'll, I'll always be able to do that. And then really struggled the next several years after college to, to have any kind of like consistency with my um, creative practice. Um, first of all, just like adjusting to being in the working world and like, <laughs> And how, like, I have my first year out of school, I had this, like, really boring office job with, like, an hour commute each way, right? And then I was just, like, so tired. I'd get home and then and then just also making work by myself in my apartment and being like, is this any good? I don't know. And, would, like, would, like, half finish a project and not come back to it and not having, like, didn't realize how much I missed having other people creating, like, around me at the same time. And there's like, there's some level of accountability there and also just kind of the mutual like encouragement and having someone to be like, I like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, just, you know like kind of getting through, you don't realize like how much, um, how much it helps. I mean, I f even feel that way with like, I was a big soccer player, like as a kid and in high school. And then like, I had a really hard time um, wanting to like, exercise at all once I was like in my like early 20s because I was kind of like what's the point and like when I had like teammates and like we would all like show up on Thursday nights or whatever and like play soccer together then I was like that's really fun and it doesn't feel like I'm exercising but then uh, when I was just on my own I was like this sucks like I don't want to do this <laughs> you're so right I um so I've only run like one legitimate like race in my life, but I did a 15K in 2000 or yeah, 15K in uh, 2019. And the energy of having like hundreds of people around yeah, yeah. running is so different than like me out running around Green Lake, like huffing and puffing. Totally. And <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Did you, so when you were in these classes, like, was it hard? Like, did you have a hard time being open to like critique and stuff? Or did you find that to be something that like came natural or what was your journey with that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, by the time I was in college, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, um, I really liked critique. Um, I think I think it helped that I had been making art so much on my own and I took so much art like I took so many art classes in like middle school and high school and stuff um that I I was already like determined that like I I take my work seriously and like I I knew I really liked doing this um I yeah so this again <laughs> I'm sorry but when when you reached out to me Alex and again because 
because we became friends when we were 15 and 16. And I, um, when you first reached out to me, I, it made me think about that time. And, um, um, and this is something I wanted to bring up anyways, but, um, cause it's more so when I was in high school, I had a hard time. Um, not, I don't know that I had a hard time with critique, but I, I felt so precious about my work when I was a teenager. And so, um, I felt like everything I made, it had to be the best or like it wasn't worth doing. And I felt really risk averse. Okay. Um, and like every drawing or painting I made that I liked, I felt really precious about it. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to make something like, like this again. And I had a hard time. Um, I don't know. It was just like, it was just, um, just, yeah. Like I loved make like I, I loved all my art classes in high school and stuff, but I like, I had blocks like around, around my, like, around all those things that I I just mentioned. Um, and you and I, I think we met in art class. Yeah. Um, and you're, your approach to artwork was so different from mine. Like you were so playful and experimental um, and like messy. <laughs> and you were, and I, one thing I really liked too, that I like admired about you at the time was um, you were really open and able to say like, this is the limit of my technique. You didn't phrase it that way, but you would be like, oh, like I'm not good at doing X, Y, Z. Or you would be like, oh, I tried to do something here and like, it didn't work, but this is what I ended up with. And you could just say those things. Um, and you were not precious about your work. Um, but like that, I thought was really hard for me to do. And I think like having you as a friend, especially at that time was really helpful for me. Um, cause I like admired, like I admired the work that you made. Like I, I legit thought like, Oh, this is really cool. And like, I liked that you could do those things. And it's like, Oh, it's possible to like, try something new and like, uh, didn't work out or be like, Oh, like, I think even like you would draw stuff sometimes and like, give it away. You'd be like, do you want this? And like, that was something that'd be hard. It was hard for me to let go of my own artwork. Um, and so being around that and being like, Oh, like it's possible to do that. And like the world doesn't collapse or also, cause like, if you would do that, I wouldn't think less of you, but it's always that thing, right. That's like, cause I felt like if I did that, then I'd be like, oh, then I'm like less of an artist or like, um, but like seeing a friend do that, like, I wouldn't think if you're like, oh, I tried this in my drawing and like, it didn't work. I wouldn't be like, well, yeah. Like now Alex is like less credible of an artist. <laughs> like I didn't think that way, but it was helpful to just have that like reflected back to me. Um, and so I know we haven't like caught up in a long time, but like when you first reached out to me, I was like thinking about it and I wanted, like, I wanted to tell you that. And um, I think it also showed me like, you could be serious about art without being self-serious. And that's something I got from like, just being friends with you. Uh, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that. Like, cause yeah, I mean, that's just like, that's just how I, how I was. <laughs> like for me, like my background in art was, you know, I just remember being a little kid and my brother and I would sit in this like wooden like hutch thing in my 
kitchen at like the house I grew up in and it had like this bench and in the bench there was this like bright orange like Crayola box with just markers in it and so my only I, I never painted as a kid or anything like that all I would do is my brother and I would take stacks of paper and just draw with these like the Crayola like washable markers and so like art for me was always just this thing of like it was all about experimenting I guess of just like what is what can I what does this look like and what happens if I do this and what happens if I do that but yeah I was it's yeah I mean it means a lot that you said that because I was like kind of like kind of insecure about it like I felt like you know you and a lot of other people were like legit you know I felt like you guys were like legitimate artists and, and I was just like in the class was just like well I like drawing like let's let's try painting or like maybe if I can't make something good I'll make people laugh so no I mean that means a lot that it you know that it affected you that way and and you know that that feels good and I mean I felt like inspired also by like how you approach stuff because like I felt like you had like really strong ability and like you had like such a um like distinctive like palette like color palette too like that I think like looking through like your like current work and stuff that like is obviously like so much time has passed right but like there's still sort of that like it's like okay I see how it went from like what I saw in high school to like what it is now and yeah so so I, I felt the same way about like about the like the, I think I think the seriousness inspired me right the things that you were saying that you felt insecure about that stuff inspired me as well because I feel like as humans sometimes we have a tendency to like want the thing that we don't feel like we are right so like yeah while you were feeling that and like you know admiring the playfulness and the like non-attachment right I was kind of like I wish I had some some more technique or I wish I took this <laughs> more seriously. So, I mean, yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that and felt the same way kind of in the opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, okay. So then after college, after taking those classes, you were saying that you were kind of in that position of, right. Saying that being an artist was like being a rock star of this. How did you go for, or like, what was your journey like from it becoming this unattainable rock star thing to now you're doing it. And <laughs> at like, you know, at, at a level that I would imagine at the time probably seemed impossible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, Sorry, this might, I might start to get emotional, um, which I'm fine with, but I'm just, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so sorry. Oh, it's all good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So after school, um, basically during my like mid all of my mid twenties. Um, I, yeah, being an artist felt like a pipe dream. Um, I was, I was living in San Francisco also. So it was like so expensive, um, <laughs> and had like a lot of pressure to like figure out how to pay bills. And I, I ended up, um, um, like working a handful of different office jobs, I ended up at this tech startup. Um, and, was there for a few years in which also 
like I never thought like that was also something I did not see for (laughs) myself um and in particular being in in San Francisco too my now husband but boyfriend at the time um he's a data engineer um and basically if you're living in San Francisco like (laughs) chances are um I mean, especially I was there between 2014 and 2019, like, yeah, I was, everyone I was around was working in tech and a lot of people who I was around, like my partner and um, like a lot of my other friends, all my coworkers, obviously, there were people who like actually planned to be in tech or like <laughs> liked and like, you know, had like STEM backgrounds and like, um, it just seemed like it was working for everyone else. And I always had this like feeling like I was swimming upstream and I was like, like, I don't belong here. I like just felt so, and I, and I felt guilty about it too. Or I felt like it was a problem with me. I felt like, also felt like I was being like a baby or being immature. Cause it just seemed like I don't like work. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. To, to an extent is like, okay, yeah. But also, but also it's like, um, I don't know, like, because I was also feeling kind of stuck, like other people around me were like, it just seemed moving faster than I was, especially my, I was living with my partner. Um, and like, he was like advancing in his career so much faster because oh, he loved what he was doing and he was getting mentorship. Right, right. And so it was like, yeah, of course, but it just seemed like, like everyone else was moving forward and just seemed also like everyone else actually liked their jobs. <laughs> they did like, well, if you're doing the thing, you know, and it just, yeah. And it was like, um, it made me feel like I was kind of being a baby or something or like, um, yeah. Um, but I kept trying to like push forward or be like, um, whatever. You're like grownups go to work and like, you know, like, like that was like the conversation I was having in my head. Like I was thinking of it like, yeah, like you need, you need to like, you need to be a grown up and like, you need to do grown up things. And like, um, but I kind of in 28, let's see, 2018, 2019, it had really worn me down. Um, and like, it was kind of like over time. So it was like kind of hard to pinpoint, but I basically was like depressed. And my, and my partner especially was like able to recognize it because we'd been together since, um, since college. And so kind of seen it. And I was just like, just like a spark had gone out and it felt really stuck. And I've, um, yeah, basically we ended up, I was like, I ended up deciding to leave San Francisco. And so in 2019, we moved back or moved back. We moved to Seattle. He's from Missouri. So he had never been to the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. But we, <laughs> for you me, it was moving back. back. Um, but we moved up here. Um, and with that move, also, because I was thinking, I'd like stopped painting entirely, not on purpose, but it was kind of like, again, over time, I'd be, I was just doing it less and less. And then didn't really realize that's like, I don't think I've made a painting in like a couple of years. Um, 
and that like made me really sad um and so during with the move and stuff I was thinking like I want to like get this back in my life somehow and so if like um when we moved to our first apartment up here like intentionally you know it's like um I got an easel and you know like and set up space and I was like even if it's just like not um I was still working a day job and other stuff but I was like I just want to be like making art again um and then as soon as I did <laughs> I think my uh we moved up here like early in 2019 and then my birthday is April 26 and I remember specifically because I took that it, that day was like a a weekday that year and I took it I took it off work um I was still working in like tech um uh, but I took the day off um and then uh I can't remember what it was called homecoming Beyonce's like Coachella like <laughs> it get dropped on Netflix um like that day or like that week or whatever and so like I took the day off work and then just played it like in the background and then like painted all day and I, I just played it like <laughs> like at least two times in a row but I was just like and it was kind of like if I write I was like I just wanted to take a day and do like if I had like my you know control of my own schedule and stuff like what like what I want to do and it was like the best day um <laughs> I believe it <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah and I um and I was just like oh yeah like I love painting like I love art um and so then around that time and so now we're like mid-year in 2019 and it, I'd started painting again and I started like consistently painting and I was like okay I'm I'm gonna do something with this like I was like I just like it for the first time in years felt like really motivated about something and I was like still thinking like it's definitely gonna be whatever like a like a side gig or whatever you know like but but I'm gonna do it in the like and take myself seriously um and I started like, yeah, it just brought it back into my life and it felt like really motivated um, and like inspired. And then um, uh, my mom and I uh, planned <laughs> for, I'm sorry, um, for April of 2020, <laughs> we were going to see my, um, grandpa. Um, my grandma died like when I was 14 or something, but, um, my Chichan, um, was still alive and I was really looking forward to this trip and being like, I have so much I want to ask him. And like, I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm going to be an artist. And like, he was still um like exhibiting work at this point he was in his like late 80s he was still active he was on like served in like boards for like Japanese like national wide like arts organizations and stuff um and so yeah obviously someone I really admired and like we were saying earlier like felt so intimidated about like how do I even start and like, and so I 
like attached a lot <laughs> to that. I was like so looking forward to like seeing him again for all these reasons. And then um, obviously with the pandemic, um, yeah, I remember, I think I was supposed to fly out like April 9th or something. And then, you know, March of 2020 and like, things just like escalated so quickly and um and I remember my mom so I live in Seattle my my parents live in California and so I remember my mom calling me like mid-March and being like we have to cancel our our tickets and I was like in full denial I was like it's not like what are you talking about like it's fine and then and well and also because the news was starting to say like borders might shut down or something but I was like but we can still go and like, we'll come back before they, you know, like yeah. we'll, we'll do come back before. Um, and that didn't happen. I was like, no, like, um, and I like took it really, really hard. Yeah. And, and especially at the time, my mom was like, we hadn't, you know, those early days, my mom was like, um, well, we can't go this spring, but like, we'll go in the fall or, you know, cause I had to like no concept of like how long it was going to be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for, yeah, it was like schools closed for two weeks or what, you know, it was like, it seemed like it, like, um, uh, yeah. Like in March, it seemed crazy to think that it was still going to be locked down in like October or something. She's like, well, we'll just go like, we'll go in the fall. Um, I think for one, I had like attached so much to seeing him now. And like, I wanted him to see that like, I was doing this for real. And like, I was so, green <laughs> and I really wanted the like encouragement or wanted someone to kind of like wanted the guidance to like start this path um but also um I think when we when we learned when we, when I first was confronted with the fact that like this trip isn't going to happen and I'm not going to see him in April of 2020 um it triggered some anxiety for me um it basically so when I was 14 and this is again being like child of immigrants and having family overseas and stuff um we would like I said we'd go every other summer kind of like on a on a schedule in during my childhood and those trips always get planned months in advance and stuff and so the summer when I was four, like June, when I was 14 and we'd had, had this trip planned and my, at that time, my grandma died suddenly, like, like a week or two before we were supposed to go, um, which meant that, and it was like, un, it was very unexpected. And so it meant that for my family here in the U S the last time we saw her was almost two years ago. Um, and so that was a really painful experience. It was so close in time that it was kind of weird. I remember my mom talking to like my aunt and uncle and stuff and being like, should we come earlier and to help with like funeral stuff or whatever? But then 
we'd already, you know, like we already like booked thing and it didn't really make sense. And so they were kind of, you know, just, just come when you get here, like 10 days later or whatever. Um, but, and then being like, being so helpless on this side of the ocean and like, um, and then just being so pained of like not getting the chance. Um, um, and so I felt like also when that trip didn't happen, I think it made me feel like, well, that was it. Um, like the same, like a, like it was going to happen again and I wasn't going to see him again. Um, and it's a raw thing for me. Basically, yeah, yeah. my Jichan, he, he died of COVID related complications. Um, while the borders were closed um so again it's like the time like right when I thought I was gonna see him again it turned out I wasn't gonna see him um and the last time I did see him was like years before and I like I had that um like I, I lost that opportunity which was um which was like the same like a similar thing that happened with me with my grandma um so um um but yeah um <laughs> I kind of jumped ahead a bit but he that it was like a year um year later so like the first year of the pandemic we were in he he was not sick um but the, the borders were closed we were communicating and um I, I the whole time I had like serious anxiety and um about it and like my mom and other people was like Gina it's fine and like you know everything's fine and like the borders will open eventually and like but to me I felt like I just felt like no it's like I've been here before right um but um but then in a weird way um that spring like spring of 2020 when I knew that trip wasn't happening I like and and then I'm like stuck at home like <laughs> right uh, with like you know it's like on top of all of that yeah it um it like kicked my butt into super gear. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I, cause I felt like, um, again, we planned that trip around the holidays, you know, like six months before. So it was like December, 2019 or something We had already, like I had already booked my flights and stuff. And so all that time I was like, kind of like, I'm waiting until I see him. And then I'm going to start taking the first steps to try to figure out how to be an artist. But I had been kind of like counting on that and then when it didn't happen and um and also I mean partially because I did it was like um partially around anxiety of like I don't know when or how I'm gonna see my teacher again and like I want him to know of like I'm an artist and I just like it's like I'm gonna figure this out and so I like I um I built myself a website um, and like made an online portfolio and I like 
started figuring, you know, I was like, started seeing like taking inventory. Like these are all the paintings I have in my house. Like I'm going to start like, you know, start like putting price tags on them and listing them for sale. I'm going to start like just trial and error, but like all the things that's like, I don't know the right way to do this. I'm going to wait and like have someone like tell me like this, is how to do it. I was like, I just felt like, yeah, just, I just really felt the fire under me. That's like, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I had like so much. Also, I was just like, had no other excuses. I was like in my, just like in my house all day, like, like no really other distractions. Um, so um, that whole, yeah, I mean, I think April is when I launched my website. And then in, I think July or August, by the end of summer, I put in notice. I quit my day job. By the end of summer uh, or September or what, what did you say summer? Sorry. In so like in April of 2020. Yeah. I, I like com. Yeah. Like that website existed and I started yeah. just being like, and I started just being like, screw it. And like turned over my, I had like my Instagram at the time. I just had it like anyone else, you know, just personal connected with friends. I was like, this is now my art page and like linked my website. And I was like posting like on my Instagram. I'd be like, here's a painting for sale, a hundred dollars. And like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here's where you can buy it. And just right. like, I'm just like doing it. Um, I, that was like April and then by like July, I think I put in notice at my work, like late July and by oh. August, I was like, cool, this is like what I'm doing now. I love that. That's great. Okay. So then, okay. So then you started, yeah, like with that and then, um, what was, okay. What was different? This is a question I, I like to ask people, like what, what is different about it than you expected before? So before you launched everything and like now looking at like how, how far, you know, the journey has taken you and all that stuff, what's, what's different about it than you expected? And it could be a positive thing too. I'm not trying to frame it. Like, I think I said it in like, no, a tone, but like no, it's, it's all good. Um, it's funny. Cause I think like in a weird way, it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. And um, it's very challenging. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, not downplay, but like, I think because I had like, as far as just, just starting, like I just needed to start, especially something like art, like there's like, um, you know, it's not like being a lawyer or something. I need to like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to like pass a bar exam and then get like get like a credential for something like I had to file I filed like a business license with the city of Seattle and like Washington State which is like $60 or something yeah. <laughs> and like you, you really there's no like you just need to do it like they're like um they're not yeah they're not gonna like disqual it's like it's a very low barrier to entry is what I'm trying to say <laughs> yes. um you could yeah. So like that took me like a day, you know, and um, <laughs> like not even, but it's like a, like a, like one day I didn't have it and the next day I had it. Like, <laughs> like as far as like, a, I had like a business license and then it's like, um, whatever, got the domain and like put up a website, you know, it's like all those things were like 
those were totally in my control. And like, I just needed to, to start doing it. And also a lot of the things that I think, especially now, like where I am now thinking that like, um, like you don't have to have every single thing figured out. Like you just, like when you just start, you'll kind of like, you know, you start figuring stuff out as you go and like figuring out what's, what's useful and what's not and what makes sense. And, um, I think it's, I was, it was so built up in my head. Um, and thinking about literally, like, I remember, <laughs> uh, and Henry, like my partner, um, when, when I was kind of listing out like everything I need to do to like, quote unquote, like have a, you know, like be a business owner and like be a real artist. And I was kind of like overwhelming myself with this like giant checklist of like, like all the things I could think of. And I remember one of the things on the list was like, get business cards. Um, and I was like, so, and then I was like, and I remember talking to being like, I'm like, like I have so much to do or like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, I can't start until like, I have e literally everything lined up. And once I have every single thing behind the scenes lined up, then I'll be able to like present myself as like Gina, the artist. And he was like, well, what's on your list? And I was like going on the list and I was like, and he's like, do you need business cards? <laughs> also it's like, we're in lockdown and stuff. But it's like, like, do you need this before you start? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> don't <laughs> I love that that is amazing like, and it sounds like as soon as I was like very humbled in that moment I was like oh that like duh but um I feel like you know you like it's so easy to get in your head about it and I was like and also because it's like it's scary to step out I feel like also I thought like um uh like part of part of that insecurity came from feeling like I need I need to like prove like prove myself and if I don't have like the experience of being an artist to fall back on then I need to have like like in my head it's like what makes someone like a real business or whatever and like try to think it's just like well if I don't have like the the proof of like the years of experience of like being a working artist then I can be like I'm a business I have like my website and my business cards and my blog you know and I have like like all all these things like see um because I was like um basically insecure um or like yeah like wanted some kind of like felt like I needed proof or validation or something to start but really like when I look back on it being like it, it was so easy to start like you just start <laughs> <laughs> right that's no that's that that makes complete sense like how long did it take for that for for that to like for you to sort of move move through that or do you feel like there's still like is there still tiny tiny like voices like that or have you do you feel like no nah, that's I, I you worked through all of that side of things oh yeah I wish no <laughs> um no I mean it comes and goes and the other thing is like especially with this type of work and being self-employed that like it changes or like, um, like as I'm growing, I'm facing new, like I'm facing new challenges. And so like things I kind of was dealing with in my first year, I'm like in my third year of business now, but like 
things I was wondering about in my first year of business, like how to get like my, my online shop up and running or like how to price my work, which was like a really big hurdle. Um, Like at this point, I know how to price my work and I have work in galleries and I have like, I've been selling work for a few years. And so I kind of have like brackets. Um, um, But, but now I'm at like a a different phase and I'm thinking about other things. And like, also my first year, well, I'll say, so it was like summer of 2020. um, And at the time, um, I did not want to quit my job. Um, I I hated my job also. <laughs> like I was like, um, but I felt like r- really uncertain about quitting. And I had a really supportive partner at the time. I was not, uh, or, you know, there were, there were six months until the end of the year. And so we had a conversation like in my household of he was like, and I had, you know, savings and he had he is like a like a stable job and stuff and he's like we'll just do it for the next six you know just do it till the end of the year and we'll like check back in um at the time like for 2021 or whatever and like see how it goes and like worst case scenario you just look for another job in six months but like you're not gonna be homeless like we'll be totally fine like just do it and like see and we can go from there and so i feel like I'm really appreciative I had that um um and he's awesome and uh but yeah and I did and uh but that was my mindset I was like we'll see what happens for like six months (laughs) and I really was taking it and also I was like taking it like a step at a time and part of me didn't really believe that I would make it past that point so it, it also took a little bit of pressure off of being like, and now I'm just doing the, it was just like, oh, like, well, let's see if I can make some money in the next six months or figure out how to like get things set up in like this time frame, And that felt like doable. Um, and then we made it that far. And then I was like, oh, let's see what like the next year looks like and kind of doing it. And um, uh and at this point like I'm I'm in it and so then there are some like new kind of daunting challenges of like looking at things more big picture than I was before just looking at things like what am I working on right now or can I get three more commissions before the end of this year I was like looking in like very short term um I don't know if that answers the question but yeah it's like as like basically um yeah like as certain things get easier, but then when you, when I'm like moving into different phases, then there's like, there's new things to think about. Yeah. As you progress, there's new challenges and the things that were hard now seem easy. And then there's new hard things. And someday those are going to, you're going to yeah. look back in a year and be like, oh, that's, that's nothing. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Um, What, what were like, so were your, what were your, like, what was your measure of success during that time? And obviously if there's specific metrics or whatever, like you don't have to go into specifics if you don't want to, if it was like financial stuff, but I was just curious, how were you, what were you thinking at that time of like, here's how I know this six months was successful. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, <laughs> uh, be, I mean, it, the, the bar was low, uh, but it was like, it can, like, like, can I make money from this? Like at all. Um, and, um, I think also, and like it keep myself busy. And so, especially in that first year, I'm trying to think like, um, I think, I think pretty consistently, actually, that whole first chunk, like the first six months, um, I always had like at least one or two things scheduled out, like upcoming. And so I was like, I'd have like, especially in the beginning time, it's all like friends or friends of friends. Um, but I'd like someone would commission a painting from me, like a just whatever. Literally, I mean, I think in the early days, it's just like, like $50, like $150, like really small things, but um, like dollar amount wise, but I'd have like, like two or three things kind of on my calendar of people being like, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And then like, as I would finish one, like more, like more, there was like consistently stuff coming up. And so then it felt like, um, at least in that early time, at no point was there, I was, I was like, I have, I have like nothing, um, uh, like nothing on the schedule or like, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And so even if it was small amounts, even if, um, um, and in, income still is super, uh, um, up and down yeah. and that's just something I've had to get used to. And, um, I have like friends who are entrepreneurs, like in other um obviously I, at this point I have like a lot of artist friends but other like people who are in like um other creative businesses not just like um like fine artists um but just like yeah that's that's <laughs> that's how it goes <laughs> yeah um, but yeah even if there was like a month where it's like I made $200 that month or something from like two people who like each bought like a hundred dollar painting from me or something. But, um, regardless, like there was always, like, I always had stuff, um, like work lined up to do. And so like, I was more so focusing on that. That may, I mean, that makes complete sense. And then that snowballs into, yeah. I would imagine at least like, I'm sure people were thrilled to get that stuff and show their friends and, you know, and then, you know the word spreads yeah that i was like i couldn't believe it the first time oh i, put that up, I think it it was like early in 2021 maybe like february or march or something it was like the first time that like a complete stranger bought a painting from me like because i even before that like there's people who were like not people who at least I knew where they found me from. So if, if it wasn't like literally a friend or family member, at least I would know like, um, oh, this person is like a friend of my friend and like saw my painting at her house and that, but I could like trace it back and be like, oh, like um, I think in like my first, like at the time, like big commission, I had never met her before, but she was like, a, like my friend Brenna's friend. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, <laughs> um, but then, yeah, and I, I like, Googled 
that person's name and try to figure out and like they had no they had like like no no connection to me at all um but I was like that's crazy and it was they were like um uh it was someone in like Puerto Rico too or something which also I was like this isn't real but I like <laughs> look up to stuff and like the or the money came through and like I shipped the painting and like the painting arrived and like but it, it yeah it was like someone like totally far removed I don't know anyone from there like I could not trace that person back um to like anyone and I was like this is crazy like <laughs> like a rant like you know someone who like doesn't like you know this it's nice when it's friends but you know it's not like they're just like oh they're like being nice or like they they want to encourage me it's like no this person just like liked my painting and like bought it off the internet <laughs> right from Puerto Rico the shipping must yeah. have been astronomical <laughs> oh no that makes sense so okay so switching over to like questions about like the craft right so like I'm curious so I obviously like went and looked because I haven't had Instagram for since you start like right before you started I deactivated my Instagram I think for like three years so like I hadn't seen any of the stuff until I think till I reached out like a couple weeks ago uh, but I went and like looked through everything and stuff and I see that you know like there's like those beautiful watercolor um pieces that you do of like the flower arrangements and stuff like that and then like the book stacks and, and and all those like what um so I saw some watercolor in there and all that stuff and I'm still I'm not I don't have a trained enough eye to completely see like all the different mediums but like what um do you have a few consistent mediums that you've used or do you vary it like greatly no um I'm pretty consistent i I mostly do oil on canvas, very like old school. Um, and then also watercolor, watercolor on paper. Um, and yeah, the watercolor was actually something I didn't seriously start doing. I think I mentioned earlier in this interview that it's like, it was like a, a more of like a self-taught medium for me that I really started doing in 2021. Um, and yeah, I mean, so let's see. Well, <laughs> um, I had should be trying to like organize my thoughts. Um, part of why I picked up the medium of watercolor was due to the grief, um, and um, around oil painting in my studio practice around when my G-Chad got sick and then eventually died. Um, so he was the first one to teach me how to oil paint. And like I said, their house was just like a, a lot of my like early childhood memories are of like being in their studio and stuff and like oil paint and like the, the solvents that you use have like very distinct smells. And so even like I, um, trying to think of the timeline here so I was like a year and a half into my business when he died but we knew he was getting sick like before that but I was basically like a, I had like a year under my belt and then um the like stress and grief and stuff and like the next year-ish um was really difficult for me like though I would come to my studio and it would it would just like trigger my grief 
And I, there was a couple of times where I tried to sit down and just like push through it. And like, I'm going to like do a painting today. And then even just like setting up my palette or like opening up my like solvent jars, um, which is like what for oil painting um, is oil-based, not water-based. So you can't, um, you can't like put your brush in water. And so um, this is just like a <laughs> technical thing. If you're not familiar with oil painting, you have to use like a painting solvent, which is like um, to like, to, to rinse your brushes in or to like, to get your brushes wet, to mix with the paint, to, to paint on your surface. Um, and those have like a, a distinct smell. Okay. And so um, compared to like, just um, like a jar of water that you put your paintbrush in. And so like, even just having like the, the paint in like solvents out and like smelling them would just like remind me of like, being in his house and being with him and being in the studio and stuff. And so it was, um, um, so it was really difficult, like not really being able to oil paint for a while when that had been my main focus. And then because I had attached my finances to being able to paint, like yeah. not being able to paint or at least paint like in what I'd been focusing on, um, started like it started to add like financial stress um and uh, like just other it was, it was like everything like personal and professional got all tangled up and um and it was really overwhelming and so um I like for a while I was trying to force myself to like push through it and I was like this isn't working and I kind of put my oil paints aside and so at that point uh, yeah I started to like I'd always had watercolors around, but I would use them as like, quote unquote, like practice for my real, quote unquote, real paintings, which was oil. So I'd have like, I'd use it for like sketchbooks or kind of like, you know, um, make thumbnails, like kind of figure out like, oh, what am I going to do? And then once I figured it out, then I put away my like not serious art <laughs> and got out my like serious art supplies and like, which is my oil painting. Um, but I feel like it was enough the working with watercolors was like enough of a like separation like I was able to do that and like um and not feel like triggered basically um so so then I got really into oil or really into watercolors for like the first time ever and that was really encouraging um to be I feel like it was also just a thing of like it's just funny to realize, like, I didn't realize I put myself in a box or put like the mediums being like, oh, this is like not serious, like art supplies. And then I made like really pretty watercolors and like learned, like was like teaching myself new like painting techniques and stuff. And then like, and people wanted to buy them. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> and I was like, duh, there's, there's like, there's other watercolor artists out there whose like work I think is beautiful. And I know that they like, but again, it's like, it's not like I thought less of them as ours, but like, I just put, I like put these like labels or like things like in my own practice that I didn't even really realize. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. I have like a whole other medium now. Like, I, I don't know why I told myself at some point, like, this is like, this medium is like, not for like, for, for your real art. Um, um, but yeah. And then also, I think I know you mentioned before this call that like with my book stacks, um, I got like also 
during, especially in 2020 and 2021, like earlier in lockdown. Um, and I had all my like anxiety was crazy. <laughs> I don't want to say like I was doing all this stuff, but also, I mean, my anxiety was like crazy and like Japan had some of the strictest um, border controls in the world. Um, and I spent like six months going back and forth after my Jichun died with like the Japanese consulate here in the US trying to like get them to like allow us re-entry in the country and stuff. So I like, and all of that like heavily, heavily weighed on me. Um, and I read so many books <laughs> and like I was an English major in school, but like I felt pretty pretty burned out by the end of college with reading in the way that like with painting I was like oh like I've learned so much and like I'm so into this when I left college I still felt like I'm gonna like do this with English I came out being like I'm so tired of like <laughs> being asked to like critically analyze and like write essays about like these like about these books um so I like my like reading for enjoyment the like in my during through most of my 20s like after school I really had like dropped off. Like if I went on a vacation or something, I'm, I would like bring a book or two, but I, I'd stopped reading like for the most part. And I read, I, I have like good reads and I was like keeping track of the books I read. I read like a hundred books in 2020 and then read like 80 or something in 2021. So I was reading like several books a week. Um, and so having and that like I was like yeah so the two ended up coming together I started painting I started like curating stacks of books by like theme and it gave me an excuse to like talk about books and ask people mostly on my Instagram I would like paint I would watercolor paint stacks of books that I had like curated on, on a theme and then post and be like these are all the books I've been reading lately by queer authors or um, books that centered on the theme of grief. Um, and like, have you read any of these? What books would you add to this list? And it was a way to also, I feel like, have some kind of like creativity in my life that felt like separate from the oil painting and like the attack the like just like the heavy attachment I had to like my family in Japan were they what 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 do you what do you use to paint the stacks was that also are those also watercolor or yeah um they're all watercolor and um and also a different like so my oil painting is more like of a it's, re it's realistic, but it's a bit more like impressionistic style, meaning like it's not like super, super tight or like photorealistic, though the watercolor, especially with the book stacks, I, um, I got really into like a super detailed technique for the first time. Like they, they're more like photorealistic um, and they're like on a smaller scale. And I don't know, I just like, again, it was like exploring like a different technique that I hadn't done before and um, gave me something to kind of like focus on that just felt like separated, like like art that I was able to do that wasn't like, what didn't feel so like emotional. 
Um, but yeah, so they're watercolor and um, some ink and pen, especially for like the fonts. Okay. Yeah, that was one of my question yeah. because like <laughs> I was going to say, how in the world, because I've done quite, I mean, well, quite a bit to me is probably like five paintings, but I've done like a, some watercolor, whereas yeah. I've never painted with oil before in my entire life. So you taught me, I didn't even know about the solvent and all that stuff. Like, so mm -hmm. I had no clue how oil worked, but I was looking at those pictures and then why I didn't think they were watercolor was because of the teeth. I was like, how did you do Like, How did you do that? Oh. Yeah. And the lettering, like I got super into that too of like, um, Cause like uh, ba basically painting the spines of all the books. And so then like, um, um, like all the different fonts that are used for like the titles and the author's names and stuff. Um, it was a whole like rabbit hole I went down to of like, <laughs> like, but, like doing like hand lettering and stuff that was like, like takes this like very, uh, it's like very detailed, like precise um, work, which is like, not how my usual artistic practice is. I don't usually do this like this like very fine detail work, but um once I got into it, it was like it just felt like a like separate enough thing. Um and yeah. <laughs> and it was like really fun to explore. And it was like I had no idea that I would like doing this kind of um I feel like it it's also something kind of like um like meditative and like very like like narrow focused yeah in in like what I, what I like about them so much is if you would have told me like before I had seen them like a couple years ago or something like just if anyone whoever it was somebody like painted a picture of a stuff I just never would have imagined that it would be they're like they're powerful though like it's it's crazy that like seeing like a stack of it's just like, and maybe it's because I love to read also but like they turn out really cool. So I think those oh, are awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think that, um, I think for, if you like reading, um, the amount of time you have to spend with a book, like, literally, like if you just sit and read a, like, you know, a page at a time, um, like it, it takes, it's, it's like, it's a lot of time that you're spending and there's kind of like an intimacy there and like getting to know, right. You get like a invested in like the people you're reading about the place. And, um, um, and I think part, that's part of why I really liked painting the, the books. And also cause I was reading so fast. Like I said, I was like, and kind of, kind of coming from like an anxious place, okay. um, that I was like, uh, reading at like a crazy pace that I didn't like I just, I don't think maybe like summer breaks when I was in like fourth grade or something but like otherwise I was like <laughs> like I just like never had been like reading at this pace um and I it also kind of gave me time to like slow down and like sit with the books and um because it takes me like a couple hours to like to paint those because of like yeah. the um the level of detail that I put into them. And so, um, yeah, I think that, I think like, I think that's part of what gets recognized, especially if you're a reader that's, um, it comes through that's like, oh, it's like, it's like reflected back. That's like some, somebody like really spent 
spent some time sitting with these books and that's like what the experience of reading is like yeah that's that's really well said and I think you captured it super well which is a couple things like it's it's that curation like it's so obvious that you that you stacked them a particular way and like by the themes and stuff and then also like that like what a book is to a person who's an avid reader is so different than what a book is to somebody who doesn't care about mm-hmm. reading. that's yeah that's fascinating what is your okay do you have a consistent process so canvas is blank mm-hmm. um how do you so do you sketch with pencil do you do a like what is your and I guess it probably depends on the painting but walk me through how you start because that was always something that when I was doing visual art was so difficult for me because nobody ever saw I see this blank canvas what do I do yeah um it does kind of depend on the project in general I don't um If it's something like, and I've had a couple people like commission portraits, for example. Um, and so that would, that means like I have um, a photo, like someone sends me a photo, You like the commissions I've done have been like of a loved one or like, um, it's like a photo of their kids uh, or something like that. And um, so for something like that I'll grid it out like we did in like art class where it's like I put a grid on the image like on the photo and then I put a grid on my canvas and we'll start by kind of like tracing out um, to get to make sure I get like the proportions right and then go from there Um, um, especially and I I say this for portraits too because um, it's <laughs> they need to be precise like the um uh if one eye is higher than the other right or if the like if the proportion between like the size of like your nose and your mouth are off like um it's it's just like it's very apparent and so like those those kind of things are like need to be like precise um um but for my own paintings, and I don't tend to do portraits in my own studio, um, I don't really like starting with pencil. Um, I'll start with like an underwash. And so um, <laughs> this is getting kind of technical, but basically I'll, I'll have my blank, like I'll have my white canvas um, and I'll usually start with like a neutral warm color so like a yellow a yellow ochre or like a sienna um which like a like a rusty orange color and then just use that color and then the solvent to water down my brush meaning like don't use white it's just the like um just like a thin layer of of like the yellowy orangey color and i'll start to kind of like block out what i what i want the painting to look like um and so and that will show up like translucently um on on the canvas so it'll do um kind of like a see-through washy light layer like that's called an underpainting um and then and that will also like tone the canvas meaning it takes away like the whiteness and 
um, that can help other colors on top, like give like a value because sometimes you, like having the stark whiteness, first of all, it's kind of intimidating. <laughs> like you're saying, like, it is kind of like, oh, like, yeah. so it takes away the intimidation factor, but then also it does help to have like the the value of the colors to like see something off of when you have like all white around um it's it can be kind of like distracting or difficult like when when the canvas is toned it's just easier like an easier more like neutral place to start to then see like how do i build darker darks and lighter lights from this middle ground spot rather than starting with white um so from kind of like a technique standpoint it's it it makes it kind of easier to like move forward having like a toned canvas um and it also and I like doing that rather than like penciling in everything too much because then it also leads leaves some room to kind of figure out like a, like a, a little bit of like experimentation or be like um I feel like sometimes pencil work can kind of like feel kind of confining or box you in and it does leave room to be like let's see if we like this over here and maybe not and cover it up and put an oil painting does like let you layer up a lot and so that's why I like it as a medium um yeah but compared to like watercolor where you do kind of need to know, unless you're going for like something abstract or whatever, but like for my book stacks, for example, I do pencil in and I pencil in the lettering and I, cause I need to know like where that's going to go. Cause um, it's, you can't really like cover up or like, it was like, you know, like, oh, I started, <laughs> you know, like the John Mulaney with the happy birthday. Basically, like if I start lettering something and it's like um, the great Gatsby or whatever, and it's like big G, big R, it's like, oh, I'm running out of room. Like now it's like a little like EAT. <laughs> like I have to know like exactly how everything's going to be spaced. So I for water, like for that, for example, I do pencil everything in. That makes, no, that makes complete sense. And then, so then when you have, so on the oil paintings, then when you have like that, the underwash, then do you like, do you, is there a pattern from there? Like darks first, lights for like first building up, or is it kind of, again, does it depend, just depend on the piece or? Yeah. Uh, I guess it, I mean, <laughs> it kind of depends. Um, and also there, it's not at this point also there, it's not like, um, a right and wrong. Like there's, there's right, like, right. There's, there's all different ways to paint. Um, th yeah. this is like the way I like to do it, but, um, um, but yeah, usually we'll do layers then of like, like layers of like, where are all my darkest values going to be? And like block that in and kind of do that in a chunk and then be like, where, where are lighter? And then, like midtones where a lighter color is going to be um also because oil paints take a long they they take like at least 24 hours to dry oh, okay. um they take really long to dry again because it um water like acrylic water-based paints like acrylic paint um they dry through like evaporation so um like however long it takes the water and the paint to evaporate. Um, and usually 
I mean, like we painted acrylic paint, like in high school on our yeah. like canvas, like it's touch dry, unless you're like really heavily clopping yeah. down, it's, it's touch dry within like 10 or 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, no, oil, like oil painting takes hours, like days to dry. Um, so you can't do too much overlapping at least like lights and darks at the same time you're you're just going to muddy things up but you so you, you kind of need to work in layers do you work on multiple for again for your process obviously like like you said there's no like proper way to do it do you work on multiple pieces at the same time or do you hone in and do one no I work on multiple pieces and um and again kind of that's because of how the the built-in drying time takes um yeah and so especially like if i'm working on a on a collection so for example like this august i had um a partnered show in a gallery uh my me and my friend marie and so the galleries had like an east and west room in the gallery so like marie had one room and i had the other um and i had i think i had 10 paintings in that show um, and so when I was working like over this, like spring and summer, the work for that show, um, I had, I had multiple paintings going at once, um, because like to do one painting would take like a couple weeks, okay. um, not necessarily, and again, not necessarily because like, it's not like I'm working like nine to five every day for like a couple weeks for one painting but just the the way that oil painting works where you have to kind of work in layers like I do a layer you have to give it a day or two to dry and then do another layer and give it a day or two to dry and so then it ends up it ends up being that like each painting takes like at least a week to do okay. um and yeah and but then it's also kind of like you do a layer on this painting you need to set it aside for it to dry for a day or two. So obviously then the next day you can do like a layer on the next painting and then go back to that one and add to it. And so it's kind of kind of working like that. Okay. Yeah. So you just get really good at managing time. Okay, this one's drying. Boom. Yeah. 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 And I'll say for like a collection too. Um uh I tend to work this way in general. Like this was like a gallery show, obviously. And so like my my show partner and I, we had like an umbrella theme that we were both working under. Uh, she was doing her paintings, I was doing mine, but like we were we were putting them together for like one collaborative show. And so I had like a very specific theme I was working under. And um on all 10 paintings I was making was like like thematically like were connected. Um, and so, and they were like stylistically the same and stuff. And so, um, that helps. And even in my, um, when I'm just making work, like not to be like exhibited in a gallery or something, but just for my own studio practice, I tend to work, um, I'll do like several paintings in a row that like thematically go together because then it is, it like helps to be able to like transition between pieces because, um, you're not doing like, and also it just helps with like my, like, <laughs> like other logistics, like my color palette. I don't yes. need to have 
um, uh, I'm using like some, yeah, like doing like sim similar um, uh, pieces. I can like use my, use the same palette and stuff. Um, and it's also just like less of like, you're not having to like switch gears mentally so much. Makes sense. Another technical question that I'm always curious about, do you pick your palettes ahead of time? Um, or does that come out now, obviously in a way, because like, if you're looking at an image that it has colors in it, obviously, or if you're looking at something in real life and trying to represent that, there's yeah. the colors, but do you sit down and like, I'm assuming you have to mix colors like with acrylic and stuff too, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you like make a palette first and then decide on that? Or do you, or do you feel like you have it intuitively to, to express it without doing that? Um, yeah yeah it's a bit of both um so there is a color palette that i just am naturally kind of drawn to i tend to work around um um and yeah and even if i'm using photo references like for my gallery show i was there's a lot of um that a lot of that show was based on photos I took in my mom's hometown and specifically in my Jichon and Bachon's house. Um, like the, the house my mom grew up in, the house I was describing at the top of this. Um, and so even though I was going off of photos, um, if you almost think of like um, like filters yeah, or like photographers will tend to like make their their photos kind of have this like dark and mysterious or like light and like soft or whatever um basically kind of like a, a similar thing even if I'm going off photo references I usually will not make my painting look literally like the jpeg photo that I'm looking at I'll like I'll use it to see like where things are placed um but I tend to gravitate toward a certain color palette and um which for me tends to be a bit muted and softer. And I, I really like um, um, indigos, like dark blues for my like darker colors. Um, and yeah, so I like, and there there's a couple artists whose work I absolutely love, but um, who like, who have this style, but like I, do not go near like um like super bright like fluorescent or like the um almost like neon or like the like the like very very bright colors um i tend to have a like a softer neutral more pastel um and then my darks tend to lean cool toned so okay. like more like um navy and um indigo and like yeah I, I really like that. Like what made me notice that and think to ask it was I was looking at it must have been from that show, I, I think. And you can probably clear that up here in a second. I saw that picture you did of the front entryway of a house mm -hmm. and you showed the final version and then you, you scrolled over to and it showed like the JPEG. And I was going back and forth just looking at like the choices you made to represent that. And like it was really cool because like how it landed for me and like how, what I felt when I looked at it was like what that room 
meant like to you emotionally and i love that i love that's like, i guess that's what impressionism is but like yeah. <laughs> i probably sound kind of silly saying that but like it was cool to see like you applying that palette to that room and even though it was like like you said organized almost exactly the same like it felt completely completely different so like yeah that was that was really fascinating to look at and and really cool to see yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of for obvious reasons, um, like nostalgia and like feelings of like comfort and like belonging. Um, um, those are like really strong themes in my work. Um, I think, yeah, just art in general for me, again, like I said, like it just comes from this place of like, I, I have like a strong emotional attachment to like my, my family and like being, being part of, being part of my family in Japan and these memories of, of finding belonging and, and, and comfort and uh, like a, reflective like a kind of like quiet reflectiveness um so that that influences my my color palette and also like the subjects that I choose to paint yeah that makes that makes complete sense and it's cool to see that's yeah it's, it's cool to see like how established like I mean I always felt like that like that you had your style already established like by the time that we met like in high school and stuff and so like yeah it's cool to see that because not everybody has that experience of being able to express themselves and again this is me looking on the outside so you might feel different from your experience but for me on the outside it's cool to see and it, it appears to be something that you at least ever since i've known you've been able to like effortlessly articulate like these emotions on there as opposed to like you know, some people have to work super hard to find their style because we try so hard to be a certain way. And then after we kind of burn ourselves out of trying, then we find our style when we stop trying. And like, did you, do you, what was your experience of that? Um, thank you. First of all, um, <laughs> uh, it's nice to hear. Um, I think like, let's see. Yeah. I love this conversation, but it's like, <laughs> like it brings like so so much to mind. Um uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Well, um that it's kind of funny because I feel I almost feel that way like in reverse about writing. Again, I was like an English and art major. Um and I I love reading and I love like cultural criticism and um and yeah re reading other people's writing and I hated writing I liked I did some like creative nonfiction, but like beyond that like uh, fiction writers novelists like amaze me like <laughs> I like it that was really daunting for me and I think also again having language barriers 
with my family and particularly again with my maternal side of my family which is like where a lot of my painting influence comes from um at least from for me there there is so much that goes unsaid and so much that is like difficult to articulate and thought a lot about like what gets lost in translation or like what's what what the limitations are with what you can communicate verbally um and then I feel like I just the nature of, of how I grew up with like half of my family who I couldn't really communicate with um through language um it just did kind of force me what I wasn't like thinking about it this way obviously as a kid but like I was uh, it would just put me in this place to realize like what are the limitations here and like where can I go without language and like what can language take me up like what place can language take me up to um and so that's also something I've thought about I mean I I love so much the art of storytelling and like I studied both in school um but it, for my artistic practice that is something of and just in my life in general um I've have kind of had this some type of awareness about like what art is able to do and like where where those places start and stop with like what what you can communicate with words and then like what you can fill in the rest with and not needing to have words for things. I think like I felt really comfortable with art kind of for that reason of like, it's a place I could like express myself or like show something that was like on my mind or show, show a piece of who I am, right? That, but I, but not needing to have to explain it or like articulate it with words. And I felt really comfortable in that space. Yeah, and it hits so much, it hits so much like beyond the rational mind, which which is something that I love about visual art is like, you're so right, you look at a painting and you feel what that, at least I imagine that you feel what that person was feeling when they painted it in a way that you could never say in like five pages of describing it, it's not going to hit the same way as a painting is going to hit. Yeah. Um, and this is like a kind of a side thing also, but I'll say also, um, cause I've done a handful of paintings based on, um, black and white reference photos. Um, and that, uh, that I've colorized in my paintings and I've, I find that to be like a really fun, um, like I, I find those projects to be really fun to do. <laughs> And yeah. deciding what they're going to look like as you're adapting mm -hmm. it. Yeah. 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 That would be. Which is another, like, as far as like choosing a color palette, like that really pushes, <laughs> like <laughs> pushes you to fill it in. But um, obviously if I'm, I've done some for myself and then some for other people. Um, if, you know, they're black and white photos. So they tend to be like old family photos. I've done some for my own family and then I've done a couple of commissions um, and I find those projects to be so, there's something so like 
I wish I had like a word, but like fun and special um, about taking something. I mean, like black and white images feel so dated. And then like, even though I'm working in paint, so it's like a rendered form, um, bringing them in color, like just makes you like perceive them a little bit differently. And like, especially if they're portraits, like adding like flesh tones to something that looks black and white and like seeing, like you, you, like you see like a different kind of life in, in the image. Um, and I, those are like really fun and rewarding and they tend to be like, set, like if someone's asking me to do them, like the couple that I've done have been for people's like late family, like they're like old family photos of someone's mother or grandmother or something. And so there's like a lot of like sentimentality tied to them too and so those projects always are like they're some of my favorites to do like what what do you think it is? is it the creative challenge or is it the reaction that you get or like all of the above I mean it's all of the above I'll say also and you're you're a writer, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, because I I have some friends who are writers also. And the reason maybe I'm interested to hear what you, what you think about this too, because um, for painting, <laughs> um, I just, I love painting. Like I love the actual process of painting. And I think it's something that's like, kept me growing because honestly I mean I know I said easy like earlier this like oh it's surprisingly easy to start but like to to stick with it and go through the ups and downs and like weeks or months of like making no money and being like what am I doing with my life and like should I get another job and then it's like and then you have like you yeah you're you have a, a gallery show or you you land a huge commission or whatever and then it's like things pick up again and then you're like so busy and but it, it is a lot of ups and downs um but it's kind of like, oh my God, why am I like doing this to myself? <laughs> like on the, all the non pain just like the, the owning a business and like running, like all, all the kind of like not so fun behind the scenes stuff that you have to do is like, it is a lot. Um, and it's a lot of rejection. Cause I, like, mm -hmm. I'm, it's a lot of me like submitting myself for stuff and like not hearing back or hearing back a bunch of rejections and um you kind of have to like be able to weather it's like emotional and um anyways um but i love painting so much <laughs> that's like every time i'm painting um it's just like the i'm like having the most fun um and yeah but i've had <laughs> uh i've i'm friends with writers and i think it's it seems to be kind of a funny thing that like my friends who are painters too, that's like, we all just like love painting and almost it's like, I mean, obviously we want our paintings to turn out good, but it's like, it's so fun to actually do the painting. And then if it turns out at the end to be good and you're like, Oh, cool. But it's like, it was like, it was like, I enjoyed actually doing that. I'm not like waiting until the end. And I feel like my writer friends tend to be the opposite. Like writing is so grueling, but then it's like, Oh, but then they love having like, having the the thing at the end <laughs> yeah I so yeah my experience the emotional roller coaster that you described 100% applies because the thing about writing that I find the most difficult is 
the there's no gratification because nobody sees it until you're done and so like and i write long form stuff like i don't write short stories or like poetry i mean i wrote poetry in college and stuff but i never did anything with it um but like a novel for example i've been i'm on the seventh draft of my novel and it has i've started writing it in like 2017 and like now granted I was not continuously working on it the whole time right talk about roller coaster it would be like I'm gonna work on this and for three months like I'm working on it all the time and then not touching it for a year and all this stuff yeah but yeah it's like I don't find the process of writing I actually really I kind of the way you were talking about painting I do feel that way about writing like when I'm writing I'm like I can do this forever like I love this but getting myself to do it is so hard because of having no reaction from people so like you know it would be like working on a painting for like two years and nobody's seen it and that's the only thing you're working on and you're like does anybody like this yeah that makes sense too I guess because for right yeah yeah maybe that's part of it too like I said because again I have friends who are writers that's like half a draft isn't really anything whereas like when I'm halfway done with paintings especially the kind of style that I do and stuff. People are like, oh, that looks cool. And I was like, don't look at it. It's only halfway done. But like, it do- it looks like something again. Cause I just like, I build layers on top of it. So like even a halfway done painting, like looks like a painting. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. A halfway done novel. Like people would like, seriously, the only people who like I show my stuff to are other writers because they're the only people that at least in my experience, again, I'm generalizing, but in my experience, the the only people who can see the vision are other writers who know what the skeleton of a story looks like. Whereas like, if I showed that to like my mom or dad or like somebody I know who like, isn't familiar with the storytelling. Yeah. They'd look at him and be like, what, what is that? Like the sentence is terrible. Like there's no scenery descriptions or whatever it is. And yeah, you're right. Like they can't react to it in a way that's going to be helpful at all. Yeah, or even think, again, because, like, you work in layers on a painting. Because, like, a a novel is, um, or just the way, books are linear. Mm-hmm. Like, you start, like, the first word of the first page and, you know, go like, go through the story linear, in a linear fashion. Um, and my paintings, I'll do, like, layers over the whole canvas at once. But it'd almost be, like, I feel like if I had a canvas and, um, you know whatever a a two foot by three foot canvas or something and I was working at inch blocks at a time and going like across so I had like the top like an inch across the top panel of my painting and go down like and it got like a whatever like a quarter of the way done you like it wouldn't look like anything um but that's kind of how because writing is linear but I'll, I'll do like I'll cover my whole canvas in something and build up layers so you can like even if it's halfway done you can like see like you can see what's going on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You, yeah. Like there is sort of this like pressure in storytelling to be super linear and like um that can be kind of constricting. Like, do you ever so like do you like one of the questions I have because I struggle with all with this all the time in writing is sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I do not feel like writing. Um I don't have the pressure of having find it like I do write for a job, but that's not, I'm not writing fiction for my job. Like I'm writing like marketing copy. Um, So, you know, I don't have that stress, but like, what do you do when you're 
feeling like you wake up someday and you're like, I have to get these paintings done and I don't want to. Like, do you like, do you have things that get you out of that or do you just paint through it or do you kind of take some time off and just chill? It's funny when I have a painting started, I don't tend to, I mean, sometimes I'll feel stuck at a certain point, like with a, some, you know, I'll be like halfway through working on a painting and something might technique, like the technically not look right. And, the, you know, I have to kind of sit there and be like, um, why isn't this really working? And I might need to try to like move stuff around or it's super frustrating, particularly with figures too, that I, I might be like halfway through a painting and realize like, oh, actually like the perspective is wrong. Like I need to move like I've, I've moved like this person's shoulders out here and I need to bring it in or something. And then it's like, oh, God. then I have to like cover over <laughs> like, like shift, like move something over. Um, basically like undo half a day's work and then like, <laughs> like re resketch in like where something should go. But um, so I'll get kind of like stuck in the weeds or something um, in that sense. But um I feel like I tend to have pretty good momentum once once I get a project started at all. It's more like in between projects. Okay. That, that, um, uh, and so, and I'm in kind of a funny spot right now. So like I had a show, I had two shows going on over the summer. I had like work displayed in July and August um, and it's early October right now, but I was traveling for most of September so at this point I haven't painted uh since like July really because then it's like in May and June right I had my show that I that got installed in July and then during July I was like doing last minute stuff for my show for August um and then I was I was traveling the last few weeks um so this is a good example like where I am right now um I was like, okay, I need to, um, and I don't have upcoming like external shows. Like, so the other shows I had, um, that was, like I said, like my one in August, that was like for a gallery. We had to like submit a proposal for like what our show was going to be and the gallery accepted it. And then we built our body of work. So that's almost kind of more like commissions or like projects that are like externally decided, um, which again, commissions, right? That's like client work. And someone's like, can you make this for me? Um, so, and then, um, yeah. Um, versus me, like now I'm at a point where um, like currently where I've like kind of finished all these like bigger kind of like external things. And it's like, now I have to start again from like, what's my next body of work going to be? And since I don't have upcoming, at this point, I don't have upcoming like gallery or external shows. Um, I'm just going to make a collection of work. I mean, for myself, like, like I, I'm going to like decide what my next collection of work is going to be. And I'll just like list them for sale. But I feel like it's more like the in-between times, like in-between projects, which is kind of where I'm at right now. That's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> and kind of easier to be, um, uh, whatever. It's when procrastination tends to sneak up or like, 
what are other things I need to do? Because it's like, it's more kind of just like getting started and like pulling together like the next idea for things. That's when I kind of feel like I need to be like, no, you need to like, <laughs> you, have, you have to like, you have to get this going. But then it tends to be once I, once I like get an idea going, I have an easier time just kind of carrying that momentum. Okay. What is the balance like of your like commissioned work slash like you were talking about, like you use the word external. What is the like, what is the spread of your external projects versus the things that you're deciding completely and then putting out for sale? Uh, it varies. Okay. Um, and it kind of depends on how much else I have going on. And so this summer I was super busy with these like two different shows that kind of had overlapping timelines. Um, like one ran right up to the other. So, um, so I kind of had to be working on both simultaneously. It, it was a lot like, <laughs> I was like, why did I schedule these things back to like in May? I was like, Oh yeah. Like one's in July, one's in August. That's fine. And then in July I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, uh, I totally distracted myself. Um, oh, so what, meaning that like, I had no room for commissions. Um, and I do have two people, um, I need, I need to follow up with one, but like now things have slowed down and one person, they, um, are, I've already kind of like outlined what, what we're going to do. And then there was someone else who had like reached out to me earlier. And I was like, I don't have time. I need to follow back up with them. And, uh, um, but yeah, so some of that is kind of just determined. Um, in general, I love doing commissions. Um, it's also, um, I mean, they're one-off projects for the most part um, and tend to be more of like a creative, right? Because someone else is approaching me and I don't, I have not had uh one time I turned down a project, um, but for the most part, especially at this point, people like are probably approaching me because they they like my work or they've seen my style, and so it tends, um, uh, or if someone approaches me like they have an idea for something, I can we can kind of go back and forth with like what's realistic or like what it would look like for me to take on that project. There's only been one time where someone like asked me to do something that was like totally like outside of my yeah. my style and it's like I'm not the right artist for this um but for the most part people especially now because I have like built up a body of work people come to me and they'll say like I like how you did this painting like I haven't right and so then it's it's easier to kind of like reference or like know what my what my style is like um um but it'll be probably like a subject or something like something that like I obviously it's like it's not something I would have thought up on my own like they're bringing like they're they're bringing the idea to me and so that that tends to be fun and yeah people tend to be really excited about it <laughs> so I kind of see that like external which is like um when I'm and there's like a yeah versus like when I make my own paintings I mean I I share them publicly and stuff and get feedback but um also because commissions tend to be even if they're not literally like here paint this portrait of a loved one but they like people have asked me to do paintings um I've done a couple landscapes based on 
somebody came to me with like, I think it was from their honeymoon um, or some like vacation they took and um, had had photos of it. And they're like, can you make this painting for us? And I've done stuff like that a couple of times where it's not, obviously it's meaningful to them because they want it. They want like a custom painting, even if it's not like a literal super um, like, I have a family portrait obviously is probably like the most sentimental, but even if it's just like, somebody's like, um, I went hiking in New Zealand and like, it was awesome. And like, here's some like mountains under sunset. Like this would be a cool painting. Will you make it for me? Like, that's like fun to do. Like that was like a project I did one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. That's cool. Um, a few more questions then we'll, we'll wrap up. So, um, the first one is what, do you like do you listen to me like, what effect do other mediums aside outside of painting have on your art like are you ever listening to music and trying to like represent that um or do you find that like things like film music or anything like works its way into your art oh that's a good question um i I've started listening to music more painting um but I found it honestly pretty distracting um at first and also well for for a long time I would listen to um to books on tape so I'd listen to audiobooks um and I think also like the long form of it because one thing with music is like unless I put on like um like a I do listen to classical music and so like if I put on like a classical playlist or like um like lo-fi like lo-fi chill beats or something where they, it all kind of blends together um if I just put on like my usual Spotify playlists or just like a like a rate like like a random Spotify radio or something it's like um you know, the song, like random songs come on every like three to six minutes or something. And I, I find it kind of jarring. Um, um, and so versus like an audiobook or like someone's voice and probably yeah. like a, st you know, someone's like reading out loud to you for like five, 10, 15 hours. <laughs> that is like, it's, it's kind of easier to be in like, like the background. And it, even though it's like, um, uh, it, it was like less distracting to me. And I found it like really helpful to be in like the middle of a book and painting. And it's funny too, with my earlier, like certain paintings, I'll like look back on and then like remember like oh I was listening to this book but I don't think it necessarily that it was but like I do have like like there are some like um like crossed wires there in my brain now <laughs> um but the consistency of it helped me uh, I'll say like because I had to pull some all-nighters preparing for the show again because these deadlines backed up and I was like what did I get myself into <laughs> yeah. And I would put like reality TV on, on the background, uh, which was again, again, cause I, I used to work for my laptop and I'd work from home and my, like when I was doing, working at like my tech, the tech company. Um, and 
it would be so distracting, right? If I'm trying to like do emails or whatever and have like the TV on or listen, like trying to like listen to a podcast or something. Um, but for some reason, it's like the total opposite with painting. And especially at night, I feel like, because it'd be, you know, it's like pitch black outside. It's like deafeningly quiet in the house. I just had like reality TV tends to be people just like talking to each other. And it just would like, not even that I'm like caring what's happening on the TV, but just ha like having that like helped. It would like, I, then I'd be, I would pretend that it's not like 2 a.m. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I should not be awake right now. Um, so weirdly, like, yeah. Um, like that would just help me like work through, <laughs> like work through long hours. <laughs> Uh, that completely makes sense. So one of my favorite questions that I've been asking people on here is if you had to recommend three albums to people because they meant something to you or are just personal favorites, what would they be? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> I mean, three albums in general, <laughs> not necessarily creating. Because um, uh, I'll say, like, I know already because we're winding down for the year that, like, Taylor Swift Midnights is going to be in my top five. Um, <laughs> and no shame, like, um, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that's, like, a top three album I'd recommend, but, but like, um, um, I know that I live. That album also goes through pretty, like the continuity in it is pretty consistent. So that was easy to put on. Again, like I said, because it's like, um, I tend to just listen to things on shuffle, like if I'm in my car or something, but then when I'm painting, that like really doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Um, I listened to a ton of strokes also like super throwback. And I don't even know, like, um, I don't even know that I would recommend, like, I couldn't tell you a specific album. I just put on like, this is the strokes Spotify, which is kind of like a, like a mashup of several albums. Um, I think this is it might be my favorite. Um, but yeah. Um, I also really like <laughs> Tribe Called Quest yes. and I can see the album. It's like the red and green and black. I can't remember the name of it. Do you Is know? it We Got It From Here, that one, the 2016 one? Or was it Midnight Marauders? I oh, gosh. I, I also, I do love me some Tribe Called Quest. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is going to bother me, Mal. It might be People's I, Rhythm. I can see, I can see the album cover. Oh, I see so. it too. Like right as you said it, I see it, and I cannot for the life. I know I should know that too as a hip hop fan. The Lone Theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That album is incredible. <laughs> Great choice. That's awesome. again also yeah. The, there's like continuity in that album, and it's like it's like upbeat, but it's not super fast paced. That's another thing that's like tough with listening to me, especially like um. 
modern music I say because again like in my studio I tend to listen to like classical or like lo-fi or something because it's like slower paced yeah and tripod quest is kind of like um there's like energy to it but it does tend to be like a little more like like groovy like kind of like laid back um a lot of like contemporary music is just like stuff that I would usually like listening to when I'm like trying to paint is like distracting or like it's like too fast paced um yeah no that's but great yeah that's also why I tend to like like audiobooks or something when I'm working because I like need the I need the pace to be like a bit slower yeah okay and then one other kind of more you know fun sort of lighthearted question what are since you know you were talking about like the book stacks and some of your like your favorite books and all that stuff what are some of your favorite books of all time Oh my god. <laughs> this is like a whole other episode. Like um, unrolled scroll. <laughs> <laughs> um oh shoot. Well, a couple that come to mind that I've just really loved lately. Um Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. Um, that's a memoir. Um amazing, amazing book. Really recommend. Um and that is also on a theme of grief. Um, but it's written by the, uh, woman who, um, she's, she's a musician and this was like the first book that she wrote, um, um, Japanese breakfast. Okay. It's oh like, yeah. yeah. I've, I've listened yeah. to the, I've listened to their music. Yeah, yeah. 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 So she's a musician. And then, um, basically she's half Korean. Her mom died from cancer like a few years ago. And the, and the book is about her, like mixed heritage and like um and like and grief um so obviously like it it really resonated with me personally but I think in general it's just a really beautiful book and it I think it's kind of cool um to see people um who have like different creative backgrounds and kind of like do cross cross industry things um I read another really fun book this year um called um Deacon King Kong which is a novel it takes place in Brooklyn in the 60s and again I'm blanking on the author's name but he's a musician and then he wrote he wrote a novel and I think um it's just kind of fun to see like I love seeing that I love seeing people kind of like cross um yeah (laughs) um those two I've read recently um Gosh, so many. I mean, Bluebeard by um, Kurt Vonnegut is one of my personal favorite books. Um, and um, I also love The Little Prince. Yeah. So uh, which is a children's book. Um, and honestly, Alan, so Alan Say, sorry, I'm like saying so many things, but um, Alan Say is a Japanese American picture book author and illustrator. And so, and he does these beautiful watercolor um, painting. Like he he writes all his children's books and he does all the illustrations for them. And his illustrations are like these really beautiful, really soft, um, like watercolor paintings. Um, and a lot of his books, the his most famous one, which won, is it Caldecott for children's books? Like he won the so. Caldecott medal. I think so. Um, um, 
called My Grandfather's Journey. Um, that's my personal favorite one. Um, but yeah, I, I collect um, children's books, like picture books. Um, obviously, it's like, <laughs> like it's half writing and half like artwork. Um, so there's a lot. Um, I have a lot of the, uh, like, and even like, honestly, Calvin and Hobbes, they hold up so well. Um, and like, I loved reading those as a kid. And then like, I have, like, I have several Calvin and Hobbes books, um, on my personal collection. Um, and they hold up so well. They're so funny as like, and they're funny to reread as an adult because there's like, they work on multiple levels and like, I, again, I think it's so cool to see people I don't know. I just, I love the, like the playfulness and um, yeah. And I, like, I love Shel Silverstein also. I think of like, I just really admire people that are able to, um, to reach different audiences and to have like a, like a playfulness to their work and also have like substance to their work that I think that's why I'm like drawn to like YA and children's literature in general. I think like there's a lot to be admired there um one of my favorite YA books is called um oh what's his name it's I feel so bad I'm blanking on it um something ever after um this is gonna drive me crazy um I'm sorry I know I, you're like what's your favorite book and I listed like <laughs> That was important <laughs> of the question. Yeah, no, it's it's fun to have the discussions and hear, yeah. you know, people's take. Felix on. Ever After. Okay. That's the name. Felix Ever After by Kaysen Callender. Um that that's a YA novel about a um uh, closeted, like it's a it's like a queer kid who um is I think a senior in high school, getting ready for like the quote unquote the real world and they want to be an artist um and so and like yeah and so they're like throughout the book they're like preparing their like portfolio to apply to art schools and like you're in their head of like the creative process and like the paintings that they're making and um so again obviously it's like it's really endearing to read and then also they're trying to figure out and I feel like the two go hand in hand, right? They're, they're trying to figure out who they are um, and then um, like what what they want their art to say or like well, like who they want to be and thinking about like the, the kind of person they want to be. And then also they're figuring out their like their sexuality and their like their own kind of like um, who they are kind of internally and like how they're trying to like express that in, in the story that's them trying to like put together this art portfolio. Um, uh, but that was like a, a really endearing and like really, uh, well-written book. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's and cool. if anyone <laughs> listens to this and wants to like chat more about books, I like, I love talking about books and art. So yeah, I could say like a, yeah, I'll just leave it at there. Cause I could like say so much more, but <laughs> <laughs> part two, all book. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, last 
question. It's I guess it's less of a question and more of just a space for you to share what you have coming up or anything like that. Is there anything, I know you kind of said you're in between projects, but is there anything that you want to promote or a place that you want to tell people to go to check your stuff out or just kind of free open space for, hey, here's where you can come check out my stuff and what I have going on. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, I'm Gina Arico on everything. My full name is Gina Arico Marioni. I go by Gina Arico for all my art stuff. Um, we didn't even get into this, but Arico is, I'm named after my Obachan, my grandma. Um, and so again, that was kind of when I was putting myself out there back in April, 2020 and trying to like figure out what I'm going to do. Um, putting our names together, like Gina Arico, um, and like seeing, like seeing our names together. I felt like even just like si signing my business license, signing like the first handful of like quote unquote real paintings that I was making, like it gave me, like I knew, like she was like a real artist and like, um, she, she wasn't around anymore. Like I said, she like died when I was in middle school, but, um, but it kind of gave me when I was like in my mind, like, who am I to say I can do this? Like seeing, like seeing our names together felt like she could do it. Like I can do it. And like, just seeing Gina Arrico, it is my name, but like it, I'm named after her, um, really like encouraged or like give me like that confidence to keep seeing it, everything I've seeing it like over and over. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm Gina Arrico. Like my website is GinaArrico.com. My Instagram handle is Gina Arrico. That's G-I-N-A-A-R-I-K-O. Um, so you can find me both of those places on, I have a link on my website for um, sign up for my newsletter. And that's, especially if you're like not consistently on Instagram, which I totally understand why people need to take social media breaks. I would if it wasn't like directly tied to my work. <laughs> um, but yeah, newsletter, sign up. And I only really send updates when I have things to update. So it's also like a bit longer form, um, right. Than like an Instagram caption or something. So it's kind of like a place to kind of check in, Hey, here's what's going on with me. Um, I have this upcoming show or, um, whatever need to know updates. I, I send like one a month at the most, I think I've only sent like three or four this year and it's October. So um yeah it's a way to stay in the loop I I don't like <laughs> I don't like spam emails I only really send stuff when there's stuff to say um, but that's the that's probably like the best way to stay in touch especially like I said if you're not like consistently on social media that's where you can find me that's awesome well cool Gina thank you so much for hopping on here and it was so good catching up yeah likewise